Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to another episode of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey. Today, we get to have another victory pod because the Cleveland Browns beat the Indianapolis Colts 39-38 to in a stunning game. And Jack, you we take a lot of pride in this podcast. Uh, we don't script anything out at all, like word for word. But I'll tell you what, the, the new... NFL script of the Browns getting calls from the referees this season is just absolutely wild. Yeah, the uh, the script is definitely uh, working out in the Browns' favor for once. Uh, to quote the great Jack Book, I, I still don't believe what I just saw on that field, what just happened in that game. That was unbelievable, man. I I I I just have like no no words to describe like what we just witnessed. I that that first half was maybe some of the craziest football I've ever seen in my life. Uh going back and forth with, with the Colts and uh you know Minshew going for three touchdowns and then the Browns defense taking over. It's just my goodness. The last 2 weeks though, the Cleveland Browns have found a way to win a game, whether you want to say is by referees or not. And for anybody complaining about the Browns getting calls, come around, sit around the campfire with me. And, you know, let me tell you about Bottlegate because for, for over 20 years, since this franchise has come back, we haven't gotten diddly squat around here in terms of calls. And, you know, they were the, the benefactor of, of two questionable calls on that final drive. But, you know, Jack, the way they've been able to uh, put together two wins back-to-back against the 49ers and the Colts with essentially a third-string quarterback in P.J. Walker, and we'll really dive into that. But it really says something about this team with how hard they are digging uh, down and coming out on top in, in these last couple of games because – this could have really gone sideways very quickly, but they really have found a way to win. And, and we're just not used to that at all. For sure, man. I mean, they've always said the good teams find a way to win. And, and despite all the chaos, despite, you know, some of us in private group chats in the fourth quarter, like really debating the future of this franchise, uh, in both immediate and long-term, the Browns found a way to win. And, you know, people could say whatever about the defense today. They could say whatever about, you know, Stefanski or, you know, the quarterback play out there or the offensive line, whatever. The Browns found a way to win. Yes, you you said the refs gave us some calls and they were egregious, even from, you know, looking at it, you know, from high atop but not being a Browns fan taking the cap off. But like you said, we have dealt with this for so long since 99, some egregious calls not working out in our favor it's nice to get it for once and to the Browns fans or to the, not to the Browns fans, to the Colts fans or to the, any, any of the other NFL fans that don't like it. I got two words for you to quote a infamous wrestling group. I'm not going to say it just because I'm going to try to keep it somewhat classy, but it, it's nice to be on this side for once. It's nice to get the calls. It's nice to come away with the victory that we probably shouldn't have gotten, but we've seen plenty of teams that happen more times than not. Uh, and it's nice to be on that good, on that good side for once. Yeah. Uh, like how many times 
I, I, I don't want to sit here and reminisce over all the bad calls because I don't have until next year, unfortunately, uh, yeah. to, to sit here and talk about it. But to be able to, you know, get a couple calls on that final drive, they still had to score a touchdown, which seemed like an impossible task today because Deshaun Watson left the game early in the first quarter. He, he got hit uh, high. Um, and he fell back, slammed his head into, into the turf. They evaluated him for a concussion. Uh, they cleared him of a concussion of, of not having one, but they did not put him in the, in the game and post game. Stefanski said, I just did not want to put him back out there. I wanted to protect our franchise quarterback. And that was my decision. So they decided to play it cautious with Watson and, and you, it kind of like begs the question, Jack, why even play him at all today? But, you know, they had to put P.J. Walker back out there, and moving the ball was an absolute struggle uh, all game long. You know, thankfully for the defense, uh, I know they gave up a lot of points, but the, the defense really put this offense in, and special teams units into a position to score. Uh, thank goodness for that, because otherwise this could have gone uh, the way of a blowout pretty quickly. But, um, you know, they had to change their, their approach really quickly. And thankfully, they, they eked out just enough points uh, to to win this one. Yeah, it, it was such a wild start to the game. I mean, you know, Jerome Ford opening drive, take it 69 yards for the touchdown. Nice. Uh, and then immediately... The next Colts drive, Miles jumps offside. We thought the play was dead. I think some of the defensive guys thought the play was dead, and we'll get to that. Um, but Josh Downs is wide open, scores a touchdown. It's quickly seven to seven, and it, and it just felt like one of those wild games. And Deshaun gets hurt. We had to put PJ in, um, and then it just continued to be crazy the rest of the way until the very end. So, yeah, I mean, they obviously had to adjust on the fly, inserting a quarterback who – just admitted in the post game that he did not get any reps Thursday or Friday. So obviously he gets one day of uh, first team reps, didn't get any the next two days. So still had to make some adjustments, obviously offensively, you know, defensively, they just, I think this was kind of their letdown game, but they still made some very impactful plays, which we'll get to, but yeah, it, it was just a crazy game. But, but like we said, the good teams find a way to win. And I think we can saw Surely say today, even though there is some still some doubts on part of this football team, the Browns are a good team. Like they're they're four and two. Uh their record is what it is. And you you have to acknowledge it. They are a good team, regardless of what people will try to say. Yeah, even though you know we're still waiting on the result of the Rams and Steelers game, they're sitting right now fifth in the AFC. And it is crucial that they won this game today because of the the tiebreaker scenarios, not only head-to-head against the Colts, but also the conference record. So the fact that they were able to pull this game out today is, is absolutely huge and could have implications, you know, later on down the road. So to, to be able to pull this one off, incredible effort, incredible team effort, um, you know, incredible defensive effort. And when you talk about the defense, Jack, you know, we are very spoiled to be able to watch one of the best defensive players on the planet play every Sunday for our team. And the game that Miles Garrett had today was nothing short of special. The, the, from everything from 
the sacks, the, the, the forced fumble that led to a touchdown in the end zone, the block field goal, which I thought at first he had like a running jump. He did that from a three-point stance, got up and and jumped right over the guard and the center to block that kick. And that's just an incredible all, all feat. The, all those box jumps in the gym finally paid off on the football field. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how you do that to to you know if you're even if your foot even grazes the center, it's a fifteen yard penalty. So they, that's just an incredible effort, and they must have saw something that you know that was available. But just the way that Miles pretty much took over the game in the second quarter gave this Browns team a chance to win. And then, you know, the the defense at the end, uh, you know, getting that final turnover, unbelievable. But the the way Miles was able to take over this game today shows you why he's not one of, if not the best defensive player in the national football league. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he was, he, you know, everybody at times has said, when's he going to be the game record? When's he going to be the game changer? He was at today. I mean, he, he did everything on defense, on special teams, making impactful plays, making game changing plays. Uh, there's, there's a great image of, uh, Miles, he looks like he's giving Gardner Minshew a high five when he's stripping that ball from him in the end zone. It's unbelievable. I mean, people can say whatever they want about Miles Garrett, but he put the defense on his back today when they struggled at times and said, I'm going to make sure we we are in a position to win this game. And he did just that with two sacks, the block kick, uh, a fourth fumble. Like he was all over the field today, making his case known that he is still in this defensive player of the year uh award race with Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, Fred Warner, all the other candidates are in there. Miles is saying, hey, don't forget about me, guys. I'm still going to be in this race. And I think he's going to be at the till the very end. Uh he's making a strong case with seven and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. Like he's all over the field making impact plays. And yeah, he was a one man wrecking crew today for sure. It's just it's just special that we get to see that. And I want to doubt that, you know, he gets tested tomorrow uh, because every time he seems to have <laughs> a big game, he he seems to get tested. So I can imagine that, uh, you know, that is coming uh, at some point this week, um, you know, from from the NFL. Let's see. Let's let's talk about, you know, more about this defense, because this defense was propped up a lot this week after the performance against San Francisco and and rightfully so right you know the the one of the best offenses in the NFL you know get, gets held to uh under 20 points and you know the the Browns you know beat that team you know last Sunday this Sunday there was and, and you know throughout the week and even all season a lot of talk about the turnovers and the Browns not forcing enough turnovers well I think we can finally put that to bed because they had four today. You had three fumbles, uh, all from Gardner Minshew, and then you had uh, the interception uh, from Denzel Ward as well. So the, the turnovers will come in time, and this defense is good enough to be able to be in positions to force turnovers. It, it just sometimes it takes luck uh, to get you know force a turnover. He had the ball bounce your way. A lot of times last year, the ball didn't bounce the Browns' way every time it seemed to touch the ground. But 
this year it seems to be a little bit different. And thankfully today they were able to get those four, four turnovers because the offense needed a lot of help and, and the defense forcing these turnovers really put the Browns in a position to uh, accumulate as many points as they did because it wasn't going to come from long touchdown drives. Yeah, and one of those turnovers resulted in a touchdown. You know, the Miles uh, strip sack in the end zone. Tony Fields jumped on it, his second career defensive touchdown. He was out there a lot today on the field, needed to be with uh, Taki Taki out with the hamstring injury. But, yeah, we knew that, you know, those historic rates weren't going to last forever. Obviously, they had given up a 1,000 yards in five games. They gave up 456 today, so nearly half of the yardage that they allowed in five games, they gave up on one today. Uh, they gave up 38 points. They came in averaging 15.2 points allowed per game. So we knew the historic rates weren't going to last forever. The third down conversion was another one. Colts were seven for 15. So obviously some of the def- defensive stats are going to come up a little bit, but that was the one thing. If we weren't going to be able to stop them, which it was tough to do with the guys that they have on that, on the Colts offense, they needed to force turnovers. And they did just that, like you said, um, the forced fumbles, Denzel Ward getting an interception. Um, thankfully he didn't get a concussion was definitely worried about that in the fourth quarter, but yeah, we needed this. If the defense wasn't going to be able to stop them, um, running up and down the field, they had to force turnovers, especially with the offense lacking, uh, firepower for the most part. So it was good to see that the turnovers were happening. Hopefully that's a continuation along with getting back to that dominant success. We had the first, uh, third of the season. So, I know people are going to be let down. There's going to be question marks. Uh, the tackling showed its ugly head again today, especially on that Pittman touchdown. There was a lot of arm tackles. Like those never bode well when you're trying to arm tackle. You have to wrap. You have to force them to the ground. Uh, Delba did it on the next drive and then got cheap shotted. But yes, these things need to get cleaned up for sure. But when you win the turnover battle, finally, because we weren't winning it the first several weeks to win the turnover battle and to ultimately win the game. That was a huge thing for this team. Yeah, absolutely. And to, to be able to, to win that turnover battle after the, after giving up, you know, 38 points is, is a good thing. Um, one thing we did see today that we really haven't seen so far this season are the miscommunications on defense. Um, they happened on a, a couple of touchdowns, mainly on, on that first one. Um, you know, where, where miles was off sides, but you know, the, the play continued and, you know, Grant Delpit, Denzel Ward, not really sure who was supposed to take who. I, I think it was on Delpit, um, that, that he should have gone with the receiver deep, but you know, we spent a lot of time last year talking about the, these miscommunications and I guess kudos to the Colts putting their players in a position to, to force the Browns to make those kinds of decisions this week. But you know, Hopefully this isn't a, a reoccurring thing with this uh, defensive miscommunication. Yeah, definitely. But I also think like there were some new parts and pieces out there. Sioni Taki Taki was not out there. So you saw more Tony Fields. Uh, Denzel goes out for time. So Cam Mitchell was out there in the secondary. But yeah, I mean, having Anthony Walker out there, which we were worried about coming into the week because he was on concussion protocol. Um that was good because there wasn't a lot of lack of communication, but yeah, there's things that need to get cleaned up. 
Uh, but at the same time, credit goes to that Colts offense. They, they're dynamic. They're out there with a backup quarterback as well. And Gardner Minshew was able to execute, but they have a lot of talent at the skill positions. Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, like, there, there's some mismatches, especially like Pittman's size against some of our smaller corners. Uh, but you know, there, you're right about the miscommunications, uh, the tackling. Like these are things that need to get cleaned up. I'm sure Jim Schwartz is going to hammer this defense tomorrow in film review, and especially the position coaches as well. So, I'm confident under Schwartz's leadership that things will get cleaned up because this isn't like the Joe Woods defense when there was a lot of finger pointing and a lot of led to some infighting at times last year. I think these things will get cleaned up. So I'm not too worried uh, for sure. I think, I think it will get cleaned up and it will get resolved. Yeah. There won't be any finger pointing. If anything, there's going to be laser pointing, you know, Jim Schwartz pointing the laser at the film uh, yeah. to, to, to fix this kind of stuff. So I, I don't expect this to be uh, a long, uh, a, season occurring thing this time around thankfully all right you know the offense did just enough jack but let's give a shout out to dustin hawkins because oh, he today actually set an nfl record he has hit a 50 plus yard field goal in five consecutive games today he made field goals um hold on sorry the, the screen wasn't loading in enough I got it for you. Well, his his long was fifty eight. It's not telling me the individual ones, of course. Oh, I got I got you. He got a forty four yard field goal. He had a fifty four yard field goal, another fifty four yard field goal, and a fifty eight yard field goal today. So AFC special teams player of the week might be coming Dustin Hopkins' way for the second week in a row. Yeah, which is incredible, and I'm I'm glad that they made the move to to get rid of Kate York and bring in Dustin Hopkins. That was a great trade. Uh, that has worked out really well for the Browns. I don't know where we would be right now without Dustin Hopkins because I would not trust Cade to make any of those field goals. Uh, it's funny. I, I completely forgot his name in the last podcast we did. But, <laughs> um, you know, Hopkins has, has been really consistent so far this season. I know kickers are a finicky thing and it could go south very quickly. But so far this year, Jack, he has been very – very little uh, reliable and to hit uh, from 58 today was absolutely incredible. Now I'm sure the dome helped uh, and hit Jimmy Haslam, uh, but you know, to, to be able to hit, make all four of those, give the Browns uh, 12 points. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Well, the roof was open, so we can't really say it was because of the dome today because the roof was open at Lucas oil stadium, but yeah, I mean, and PJ Walker said it. He said Dustin Hopkins bailed the offense out plenty of times today with the field goals. I mean, it, it's been unbelievable in the last two weeks. I mean, we have needed Dustin Hopkins to make those big kicks. And I can honestly say that if we didn't have Dustin Hopkins and they stunk with Cade York, this team would be two and four because there's no way that they would have beaten. Well, no, they'd be, they'd be, yeah, they'd be two and four. Um, Cause there's no way that, we would have beat Sam Fran or the Colts today without Duskin Hopkins. He's been an impact player. I mentioned to you before we recorded that, you know, pro bowl, all pro talk like that starts need to be more discussed, especially if he keeps up with this historic pace. Like he's definitely one of the top kickers in the league. I wouldn't put him over Justin Tucker. Cause that'd be disrespectful to uh, the future hall of famer, but Hopkins has been 
by far one of the top acquisitions of the offseason by Andrew Barry. Uh, he knew that this team could not afford buying time or giving Cade York buying him more time. Like they knew they needed to have a solid kicker in place that this team, because it was too talented and couldn't afford to lose more games because of uh, letting a young kicker find his way or find his development. Like they needed to go get somebody. It's amazing. A kicker like Dustin Hopkins was available uh, uh, when he was and that the Browns were able to get him because he's been pretty damn good for us. Yes, he has. And I, I don't, you know, study, kicking or anything like that, but it, it just seems to me that the majority of Hopkins field goals, extra points, they all seem pretty dead on center, you know, right, right yeah. in the middle of the uprights, you know, the, the 58 or was it the 58 or was it maybe one of the shorter ones that just hit the, or was just inside um, the upright. But, you know, it just seems like for the majority of his kicks, there's no like draw or anything. It's just like right down the middle. And with Cade, you didn't know where the ball was going off of his foot. He could kick it a mile, but you didn't know where it was going. Um, so it, it's just been a, a blessing that, that we have uh, had Hopkins so far this season. And I, I don't know. I don't want to think about where we would be without him because I, I last two weeks I would not trust many kickers to, to do what he's done. And I'm thankful for it for sure. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to get to before we got out of here? I think we need to talk about the a little more, man. I think we need to address the elephant in the room with him. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah. Guess. Anthony, I, we, we would not be doing our listeners justice. So I, I don't know where to go from here with, with Deshaun because for you know getting injured again this shoulder thing this is going to be a problem for the rest of the season and even before that 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 first interception he threw i don't know how much blame you could put on because that was a great play by the uh, secondary player uh to break on that ball but he just looked really bad uh today after you know only practicing twice and then going out there today uh, he took that hit and then left the game, but the Browns have a problem, I guess, and it's a very expensive problem, and there's really no way around it, uh, getting out of it. So right now they're stuck, but I don't know what they could do for the rest of this season because they have a, a championship-caliber defense out there. They have playmakers out there on offense. We don't know how long the shoulder thing is going to to stick around. It's probably going to stick around for the rest of the season. Unfortunately, it, it's a problem. And I don't know what the answer is for Andrew Barry and company to figure it out for the rest of the season to put the Browns in the best position to win and, and make the playoffs. But we're nine days, nine days away from the trade deadline. What do we do, if anything? Yeah, I don't know what they can do in terms of, you know, finding a quarterback now. I mean, I'm sure they could, you know, call Washington, see what it would take to get get uh, Jacoby Bank here. Uh, free agent-wise, I mean, you're looking at Carson Wentz. I couldn't even tell you who else is available, but I know he is for sure, Joe Flacco. Um, but they, they have a situation. 
I mean, PJ Walker, credit to him, bank-to-bank weeks, putting us in a position to win by making some good throws, uh, you know, making some big plays to put us in a situation to win. Uh, but now you're in a spot where his elevations are up. They're going to have to sign him to the active roster if they choose to do so. Uh, I think it might be a little difficult to bring a quarterback in here and expect him to learn the offense really quick to be the backup. Uh, I think it's apparent they don't trust DTR right now. He wasn't even suited up to be the potential emergency quarterback today. Uh, and they made him inactive. And then you, you said you got Deshaun Watson who might be hurt again. He, he, he said, he's praying that the shoulders uh, not re-injured. Um, he was hit on the shoulder, the hit on that shoulder. Uh, and when he went to the ground, the back of it went, hit the, hit the turf. So there could be something there. Um, they asked him if he was going to start because Kevin Stefanski said it, that he is going to be the starter. Um, and Deshaun said, uh, I'm not sure we'll see. So I think there's probably some trepidation there that he might have re-injured the shoulder. Um, so we're definitely going to have to watch that in the next couple of days, but we, we got a problem because those passes didn't look that good. Uh, the first one he put in the dirt, uh, the interception, the ball didn't look like it was coming out good. And it's going to be, it's going to linger. Uh, I heard Bernie Kozar in our interview last week, Anthony say that he had the same similar type injury in 1989. And he said it didn't go away and it was towards the end of the season. And we all know how Bernie's the end of Bernie's run here went. he got hurt a lot. Yeah. The ball wasn't coming out the same. Um, so it's going to linger. And, and it's, it, it just feels like the Browns are in a rut right now. Because you've invested a lot in Deshaun Watson uh, when he's played, it doesn't look that good. Despite what some of, some of the people are saying, that one graphic that came up today during the game, yeah, the Browns averaged 24 points, but Deshaun's not playing that well. He wasn't playing that well before the injury, minus the Tennessee game. I don't want to be misquoted. He played really good in, in the Tennessee game, but the other eight nine starts at, at before that, they weren't that great. I mean, he's had flashes, but. He doesn't look like the same player in Houston. I don't know if he'll ever get back to that point, but now you got to deal with the shoulder injury and how fitting is it? Another shoulder injuries uh, impairing a Cleveland Browns quarterback just seems to be a reoccurring thing. Um, but yeah, they're in a, they're in a tough spot. And it, and it, like you said, it sucks because they have a really good Super Bowl caliber defense. Uh, they got some good skill players. Like you said, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, uh, Kareem Hunt, Seems to be getting back into form. Had a big game today, but they got a, they got a lot of question marks still offensively, and they need to get them solved because our defense cannot bail us out forever, and Dustin Hopkins can't bail us out forever. At some point, the offense is going to have to find a way to make big plays to win this game, and they did today on that big touchdown in the fourth quarter. And PJ Walker made some big throws, but yeah, this is this is definitely a conundrum for the Browns and. It sucks because we should should have ended this podcast on a high note talking about a victory, but there's still a lot of questions to be answered with this team, unfortunately, and we're four and two. So uh, they're finding a way to win, but it's going to be tough to keep it up if we don't have a quarterback out there being able to make throws when needed. I have an idea for quarterback. All right, let's hear it. I say the Browns make a trade with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
<laughs> uh, it, it not after today. I don't know if you saw that for Kyle Trask. I'm just kidding. oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you like you like that swerve there. You like that, that was swerve? a swerve. Good one, good one by you, man. <laughs> oh, let's one. actually end on a good note and talk about the mayor of Dogland real quick. Sure. So as you all know, uh, for every, some of you may not know, you might be a new listener. Uh, for every Browns win, we put out a poll on our Twitter X account, Twix account, um, asking who the mayor of Dogland should be. And usually it'll be three or four options. Uh, sometimes it's unanimous, but we would like to put some options out there for who you think had the, the biggest impact on the game today. And we put out three options today. Uh, Kareem Hunt, who had two touchdowns. Dustin Hawkins, who made uh, four field goals, including the 58-yarder, or Miles Garrett, who pretty much did everything you could do in a football game today. So the current standings uh, on Twitter, uh, 87 votes. Miles Garrett has 72% of the vote. Dustin Hawkins has 23% of the vote. Kareem Hunt has 5% of the vote. And Jack, who did you vote for? I knew I had a feeling Miles Garrett was going to win, but I voted for Dustin Hopkins just because he's been on an absolute tear. Um, but I know I knew Miles was going to win, so maybe it was more of a sympathy vote for Dustin Hopkins. But yeah, I went with D Hop. I, I I swear we're always on the same page with these. I I went D Hop <laughs> too. I, I just for for two weeks in a row now, and I know Miles pretty much you know wrecked this whole game, but. What Hopkins has been able to do consistently, uh, hitting that 58 yarder today, making those four field goals, making the extra points, which always seemed to be, you know, like a crapshoot whether Cade was going to make them or not. But to, to be able to make all his kicks today is a job well done. And they don't win that game without Dustin Hopkins. Obviously, they don't win it without Miles Garrett. But I just feel like for two weeks in a row now, the the real D Hop has uh given the Browns a win and you know they should be very thankful uh that they were able to get him from the Chargers uh when they did. Yep, for sure, man. But I mean, like we said, Miles is uh the unstoppable force and he put it out there today, so it's not a surprise. He I mean, barring a late comeback from Hopkins, Miles is gonna be the mayor of Dogland for this week. Can I and the can I, can I bring it down for a second because I just saw a tweet. Um, uh, Jerome Ford left the locker room in a protective boot. So not yikes. only uh, you know do the Browns need to figure out what to do at quarterback, but they may need to figure out what to do at running back as well because uh, Kareem Hunt really can't be your only back. Pierre Strong did a nice job today, but. They might be in the market for another running back uh, here very shortly. So we'll have to keep an eye out on that. I would call Atlanta for Cordero Patterson tonight. Just saying. Did they win their game? I know it was close. They they did. They won on yeah. a walk-off field goal. So. Oh, that's right. They, they played Tampa cause, Bay. Because Baker shit the bed in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, <laughs> That's where we'll end the podcast. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, If you want to give Jack a follow, be sure to give him a follow on Twitter at JackMcCurry08. 
Be sure to give me a follow at Anthony Jokey, J-O-K-I. Follow the dog land on Twitter, Twix, X, um, Instagram, threads, Facebook, all at the same handle, the dog land. With all that, we're going to get on out of here because have a happy victory Monday, everybody. And remember, most importantly, go Browns. Go Browns.